goodness we had a time of worship this morning that just was uh, wonderful. Yeah. Felt the presence of the Lord here. And uh, so anyway, we're going to preach on something. Amen. <laughs> we're going to preach on honor. Uh, you know, I was just, uh, we were down at the Brother Keith Moore's ministry and um, he's had a lot of things to say about honor and it kind of just, and, and they, uh, um, they um, are examples in the way that they handle their ministry of honor. Amen. And uh, it's not just all honor towards the pulpit or to the pastor's office. It's honor. Uh, they show honor to everybody. They show honor to first-time visitors or any, anyone that comes in that door is treated with respect and honor and um, uh, is made to feel special. And they'll they'll help you find a seat if you need one and that kind of thing. It's just really great. And so it just kind of stirred it in me to speak on that here today, amen, and those that are watching on the internet, we count you as part of our church also, and uh, and maybe this will, will bless you. You know, everything that we're commanded to do in the Word and instructed to do and suggested to do, and however strong it is, some things are stronger than others in the way it's written, uh, there's always a benefit for it. It's never... Uh, just blind obedience and you plebes, you know, get down on the ground. It's never like that. That's not the Spirit of Christ. That's not the Spirit of God. Amen? Uh, but you have to know that with everything that we're instructed to do in what I call Christian discipline, uh, the, the disciplines of our lives, uh, there's always a benefit to it. It's, it's, it's never, uh, it's never just God's, God doesn't want your stuff. Do you understand what I mean? He's not trying to, take anything away from you. Uh, he, he wants to bless you even greater and, and, and do more. Amen. And so there's pathways to opening those channels up, even though they're there and it's all by the finished work of Christ and it's all by his grace. But then we can use our faith, you know, again, uh, one of our great scriptures here is Ephesians 2, 8, that we're saved by grace through faith. So with our faith, we can reach out and receive what grace is providing. It's all there. We don't have to jump through hoops and hurdles. And, uh, you know, if you ever went to the circus, they had the ring of fire and somebody would, you know, jump through that or whatever. And uh, thank God we, we don't have to, to do that. Um, again, it's not jumping uh, over. Her somebody said something about jumping through hurdles. If you're going under the hurdle, I don't think you get a point for that. <laughs> if you're in the Olympics or something, <laughs> you have to jump over the hurdle. Or if you're doing the horse thing, you know, you want the horse to go over the hurdle and not have the back legs kick it out because that's a penalty. So, um, but God hasn't set up all these hurdles. So when we see a, when you see the, uh, something that's a commandment, or something that we're supposed to be doing in the Word, don't see it as some impossible hurdle that God has set up, betting against you that you're going to knock it over. That is not the Spirit of God. He's not testing you all the time to see. Uh, I'm testing you to see if you love me or not. I grew up in first church of the get tested, and it was always God's testing you, and He's allowed this sickness to come on you to test your love, to see if you'll turn against Him and 
and all that. That is horrible. Uh, the Bible says that we, if we be in carnal or just, you know, natural, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more does the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who uh, are, are, you know, in His name and in His family? So would you, you know, would you poke out, if you have a small child or somebody in your family, would you poke their eye out so they appreciate the one they have left? This is the kind of testimonies you can hear. Well, the, you know, one of my eyes went out and then the Lord told me I need to appreciate the other one better. The Lord didn't say that. I don't know where that came from. Too much spaghetti the night before. I don't know, something indigestion. But that's not the Lord. The Lord is not sending you through the dark valley and the trial and the fiery furnace to test you. That is, that is, that is not right because that would mean He's also tempting you to abandon your faith, tempting you to be depressed, tempting you to be in fear and to be, you know, freaked out. Well, the Bible says um, in the book of James that uh, any man is tested or tempted, don't let him say it's of the Lord. For God himself will tempt no man. Amen. So we've got God as some kind of uh, crazed uh, torture, I don't know, uh, 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 Count de Sade or de Sade or whatever his name was. That is not God. He's not Dracula or Count de Sade, all right? So I, I thank God that he is our father. He does love us. He wants to bless us. So when we read these things about how to show honor and that kind of thing, it again, it's don't look at it as, oh, God, I've got to be obedient. <laughs> you know, obedience is a blessing. It's not something that's negative, you know, like obey the speed limit. Oh, boy, let's talk about that. All of Tampa Bay is full of sinners on the freeway. I'm telling you, these people will run you off the road in a heartbeat. But uh, that's between them and the Lord, I suppose. But, you know, we, we I think most of us here today and watching online, we make an effort at least to obey the laws of the land. Amen. We pay our taxes and we do the things that we're required to do. And uh, to have a civilized society, we see that obedience to those things as not something dark and evil and negative, but a blessing because it keeps us from devouring each other. Amen. So obedience to, to laws are, is not considered, should not become a dead work negative thing to you. Amen. You should say, thank God the Lord is shining light on my pathway that I can see which way to go and and uh, end up with the blessing. Amen? So the blessing's already there. It's provided for you. God doesn't have to have emergency meeting in heaven with red lights flashing to figure things out. It's already figured out. Jesus paid it all. Praise the Lord. But we want to tap into those blessings, and we're going to see how to do that. Now look at 1 Timothy 5.17. Um, and to save time, uh, I'm just going to read it off the screen like, like you. First uh, Timothy 5.17, um, here's a, a word 
uh, concerning the word honor, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Now, that not only puts pressure on us to honor our leaders, but it puts pressure on the leaders to walk in, uh, to be counted, to, to walk in such a way in life that they can be counted worthy of double honor. Amen? And uh, so it says, especially they, again, singling out, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Amen. So that would be our pastors, our evangelists, our Bible teachers, those who are uh, prophets and so forth, fivefold office, and uh, those that are even just uh, solid believers who are apt to teach and who could teach the word. Amen. So... Um, there we have a way, I'm, I'm trying to show us a way how to tap into the blessing of this. Here's a way that we can um, show honor, amen, so into the, to the honor account, <laughs> amen. Uh, if you don't, how many know if you don't put anything in the bank account, it, the numbers won't get higher. So, <laughs> yeah. When we, so we make deposits. Uh, Zig Ziglar used to talk about making deposits in the favor bank. He said, if you want favors done to you, sow favor to somebody else. Show favor, show, uh, say, do a favor for someone. And then, uh, the more you sow into that, the more there is in your account and it will come back to you. It's absolutely true. God said in his word, Old and New Testament, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. So if there's an area of your life that seems like there's lack, lack of friendship, my, my dad used to say all the time uh, as a pastor, he said, if you want friends, show yourself friendly. <laughs> you know, don't, don't be sitting in the corner with your arms folded and your lips poked out and look mad and sad and whatever, blue and gloomy. And then wonder why nobody wants to talk to you. Well, because you're acting ugly. That's why. That's a southern thing. Be sweet, don't be ugly, you know. Uh, so, um, those that rule well be counted worthy. So somebody might say, well, you know, I don't like you, Pastor David. <laughs> I don't think you rule well. Well, find a church where you can be happy. I mean, why would you go to a church where you despise the pastor? I've seen people go to a church, they absolutely despise the pastor and talk about him and, and try to, you know, work against him or, or her. And, you know, because there's women pastors, thank God. But um, I always thought, well, if you're that unhappy, I'd find a new church, wouldn't you? I mean, if you can't respect your leader, why are you following him? So you you need maybe need to find a... if. If you're that unhappy where you're just mad all the time and you don't like the decisions and they don't know what they're doing and I don't know who they think they are, if that's coming on you and you can't get it off of you, go find a church where you can respect the guy. Amen? Don't don't just sit there and cause trouble and be, you know, granny, mad on granny. Amen? And I, we, we've seen that through the years. And I, I just want you wonder why some people stay when they're so upset. Well, I don't know. Well, we don't know either. <laughs> Amen. Uh, 
So the elders have a responsibility to rule well, uh, and uh, mainly in the area of uh, laboring in the word and doctrine. I want to say something about this ruling well, too, is that it is the responsibility of the senior pastor to guard this pulpit and the platform. Because this is ground zero right here. This is the, where the line is drawn. This is where decisions are, that have been made about what's going to be said, what's going to be sung. Now that's the reason, and I, you know, we've all been involved in churches where things were what I call loosey-goosey. In other words, the theme song should have been from Cole Porter, Anything Goes. Because somebody will come in, well, here's Sister, you know, Smith, and, and she sings a good number, and can she sing today, Pastor? Well, the answer is no. Why? Well, because I don't know, I don't know her or know him. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, we've already prayed about the service. We've got an organized worship set. You know, we call it the worship set, the song list. Now, that's subject to change as the Spirit of God would lead us or whatever. But pretty much, you know, we're ready. <laughs> Amen. And so you say, well, I was at a revival over at, you know, Floppy Creek. And <laughs> we have names in the south of some places. I'm just, some of them aren't repeatable from the pulpit. I was, we were driving in south Georgia, uh, more the east side, you know, just south of Augusta. And uh, Scarlett and I, we looked up, and there was the name of a road called Boogers Hill. That was the name of it. I would hate to have that as an address. I'd get a P.O. box in town or something. I, where do you live? Well, we live over on Boogers Hill. I mean, just, that's just not good. Uh, there's nothing glamorous you can make out of that. I don't care what kind of house you build on Boogers Hill. That's just not a good road. And uh, so... You know, these, these things are, 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 are possible. But, um, you know, so while I was over at a revival and I heard this lady sing and my, the power fell, well, gr praise God. But, you know, we don't necessarily know who this person is. Uh, they're not a part of our, what, what are they doing? You know, or somebody there, well, this guy can really preach. Well, what does that say about me? You know, well, maybe you should sit down and let him have the service. I mean, we've had people suggest stuff like that uh, through the years, and I've seen it happen in churches where it's just anything goes. If anybody, right during the middle of the sermon, somebody pops up, Brother David, Brother David, I, I, I want to say something. Well, you're out of order. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty tolerant, but then until I'm not. <laughs> I'm pretty tolerant until I'm not. Well, you just act like you're just running the church. I Thank you. Somebody needs to run it, and according to the Scripture, the pastor should run it. Amen. And, well, I don't like that kind of church. Well, good. There's probably 500 churches between here and the St. Pete Bridge, <laughs> the, the Skyway, that you can go scream at them. But you're not going to scream at me. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, I don't know, something's happened to me this year. I've just got my second win, and I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, amen. This church, 
and, and of course the people are first and then we have the facility and everything, but this church, all of it together, this church, we have a calling on us. We have a mission. We have a vision. We have a purpose. And it's worthy to be protected. And this is all in the name of honor. Amen. And we honor those who have uh, sown seed through the years. Even people that maybe aren't here anymore. But the seed that they have sown uh, makes makes what we do today possible. And so, you know, we, we just have to honor all that. Amen. I even honor the Lutherans that originally built this building and bought this property and people sowed money into this place back in 1971 or whenever, I think it's this building, this this is the first building, uh, then there's additions, but this sanctuary was was uh, at least completed in 1971 and, the, and dedicated to the Lord, amen. Thank God it's still being used to preach the gospel and be a refuge for people. And we thank God for that. That particular Lutheran church that was here is an evangelical Lutheran church. And so they believe in salvation and they believe in uh, living a holy life and those things. So praise God, you know, uh, we owe them. We do. Some, uh, at least in the sense of honor and respect. So uh, ruling well, I believe, has to do with uh, at least part of it, you know, it's organization and those things and systems and all that make things happen. But it's also um, honoring this platform, amen? And that, uh, guarantee you that if, if I have anything to do with it, you're going to be protected from what comes across here. Amen. Well, praise God. I think that's right. Look at Deuteronomy 6.13. We're going to just go through a bunch of scriptures here that talk about honor. And I'm telling you what, if how every, all of us want to be honored. All of us want to be respected and, and treated, you know, with some dignity. Amen? And uh, so there's plenty to say about that in the Word, about honoring God. There, the first scripture is about honoring those who are our elders. Uh, honoring God, uh, thou shalt fear the Lord, thy God, and serve him, and shalt uh, swear by his name. Uh, amen. So, again, the, the fearing fearing at the Lord and serving him, obviously, you would honor him in that. Now, fear doesn't mean you're afraid of him like he's going to do something negative to you, but it means reverential fear. Re- reverential respect. Again, Brother Hagan said years ago, he said um, um, that there's, in the charismatic world, he said there's a party spirit on it. And he said, people wonder, well, how come we're not having more gifts of the Spirit? How come we're not having more, you know, uh, things from the Lord? And he said, it's because everything's just a big party. It's It's like there's no reverence. Well, it doesn't mean we can't have a party. We have a fellowship room. We can have a party. Balloons and everything. Praise God. We're for all of it. A pointed hat and a thing that comes out when you blow it. No problem. It's not talking about being a, a, a nerd <laughs> in that sense or being a, a killjoy. Praise God. Some folks, you know, you wonder if you almost think you have a word of knowledge for paralysis of the face. 
because they never smile, they never laugh, they just stare at you. Uh, and you're wondering, are, would they like to just cuss me out? Just not, why don't you just get it out of your system? But uh, <laughs> so it's okay to laugh. It's it, praise God. Okay to laugh. Something's wrong if we don't. Something's wrong if we don't have joy. But there's a difference in laughing and having a joy and having a party spirit on the service. Amen. Is uh, people come in the door here? They're dealing with life or, or death uh, decisions. Many times, uh, am I going to have the surgery? Am I going to trust God? Am I going to do both? What am I going to do? You know, so we need to be like sensitive to those things as well. Glory. All right, look at Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 in the NLT. NLT. I have a BLT and an NLT. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Now here's a way. That we can honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with your wealth. You know what? That is so powerful right there. It proves it's God's expecting us to have some wealth. He didn't say honor the Lord with your poverty. <laughs> with your scrape by, scrape off. He said with your wealth. Amen. So um, you thank God for what you have. Be grateful. And call your what you do and, and everything with your hands, call it blessed. Yes. Call it successful. Call it wealthy. Amen. Because yes. I'm telling you, the house you live in right now, the car you drive right now, and the clothes you're wearing right now is somebody else's dream. And if you if you constantly compare yourself to... You know, some guy that's got a $14 million place on the waterfront, and you say, well, compared to that, what am I? Well, stop comparing to that. Compare yourself to the Word, and thank God for what you have, and let the Lord increase you through the years, and eventually you might have that if that's what you want, what you need. But you know, that's, that's not the goal necessarily. But I'm just saying, um, a lot of times we'll we'll compare ourselves to somebody that has a lot more than us, and and we'll feel like oh, I don't have anything, and that's just that's that's the devil. That's a distraction. It's it's negative and it's wrong. And then if you're not careful, you'll start being jealous of that person, and you'll start criticizing them. Well, I don't know who they think they are. You know. <laughs> uh So I love that. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Praise God. So that means God looks at us as wealthy. I'm wealthy. Scarlett and I walked into a restaurant, I don't know, a couple of years ago and place we were at and, uh, it's a nice place. We walked in and, you know, we try to sometimes dress up a little bit and go to a nicer place to eat. We walked in and the, the Mater D guy, <laughs> Uh, he said, um, wow, look at you. <laughs> well, look at you. Look at your shoes. Look at your, your glasses frames. I mean, he just going off on me, you know, your watch. Look at that. He goes, you must be rich. Well, a lot of people would go, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> he said, you must be rich. And I mean, nobody's ever really said that to me to my face that he did. 
you must be rich. I said, we are. <laughs> we are. He goes, wow, you're going to even own it. And I said, yep, amen. Praise the Lord. Keep saying. Keep, I don't even care the whole. Who do you think you are with your money? Blessed. Praise the Lord. I'm not ashamed of the blessing of God. What if somebody said, look at you, you look healthy. No, really, I have a bunion on my toe. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, something's wrong with one of my teeth. And, you know, uh, this eye goes off. You're not going to stand there and say, no, I'm not as healthy as I look. No, don't think that about me, that I'm healthy. I'm really pretty sick. In fact, I feel like throwing up right now. Nobody would say that. They say, oh, you look rich. Oh, no, 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 no. We we get a Minnesota accent. Oh, no, not me. You know. (laughs) Funny thing about Minnesotans, I love Minnesotans, but the funny thing, they don't think they have an accent. They have a very heavy Midwest accent. And if if somebody's talking to me, I'll say, there was a lady helping us at a store the other day, and I said, are you from Minnesota? <laughs> she said, no, I'm from Chicago. I said, I knew you were from somewhere, one of those corn states. I can tell. I mean, you wouldn't have any problem recognizing somebody from Brooklyn or New Jersey. <laughs> How are you guys doing? You know, it just comes out, right? I love all those accents. Praise the Lord. Tampa is a melting pot of everything. Uh, so, well, praise God. I didn't mean to get stuck on that, but that's pretty good. Honor the Lord with your wealth. So it's not, it's not his, it's not not his will to have wealth. What is wealth anyway? What is it? Is it a certain amount of how many, so many millions or whatever? No, it's, it's increase in your life. From the time you were born till now, did you have any increase or are you still where you were? No, thank God. We, we, we grow and we increase. Amen. So you, uh, and he's going to talk about in, actually in the King James, it says increase. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Isn't that beautiful? Then he will fill your barns with grain. So that's your uh, savings account. For those of you that have no barn or grain. And your vats will overflow with good wine, which indicates there could be bad wine, I suppose. But anyway, he's saying whatever is good, whatever is of good quality, amen, is what the Lord's going to give. How many believe the Lord to give you back less than what you sowed? No, he's a, he's a good God. And he wants to bless. Amen? Amen. All right, let's look at Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. Uh, Paul here talking about uh, walking worthy. But this isn't uh, under the subject of honor, too. Because we could say worthy could also mean honorable. Right? Honorable. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy or honorable of the vocation wherewith you are called. He's talking about ministers. But if it's good for the minister, it's good for the folks in the pews too, isn't it? Amen. 
Hallelujah. Uh, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Amen. Um, walk worthy of the vocation. So, so you know, if you see anybody walking around, a minister or whatever, and they got, they're kind of cocky, we're not talking about bold. There's a difference in being bold and being cocky or arrogant. Uh, the, the word would be arrogant. So there's a difference in boldness and arrogance. Nobody likes arrogance. Boldness we love. It makes us feel safe. There's strength and boldness. Amen. But we don't want to have arrogance, you know. Now sometimes if you just stand up straight and look like you know where you're going, you make somebody mad. Who does he think he is walking around straight like that? You know. You can see I've been in church too long. It's affected my mind. Uh, walk worthy or honorable. Amen. Uh, we, we get that, right? We don't need to elaborate. Look at Thessalonians 2.12. Again, the same, the same theme here that you would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. Listen to the words of this. So, you know, what we do in this building is kingdom business. It's kingdom business. And uh, and it's glory business, meaning light, meaning life. Praise the Lord. And uh, you need to walk worthy of it. Uh, that's for everybody that has anything to do with anything that goes on in here. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to talk about, uh, uh, things of honor in just a second. Colossians 1.10. That you might, uh, the same, the same theme, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That means that we don't know it all. We don't know it all because if there's room to increase, that means there's more that we can learn. Amen? There's more that we can be taught. There's more that we can uh, know about God and about the things of God. And then uh, finally over in uh, Philippians 1.27, only let your conversation or lifestyle, conversation there doesn't mean just talking on the phone or whatever, but it means lifestyle. Let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Now, that's why, if I can say something, that's why we frown on people just living in sin. I don't, I don't always point it out and try to, you know, I'm not the Holy Spirit, I'm not the corrector in chief, but you know, I'm telling you, I've never seen anybody that was decided to just live in sin, you know, live in an adulterous uh, situation, you know, uh, out, out, outside of the bonds of marriage and those things or some perverted lifestyle. I've never seen that continue that it didn't affect them spiritually. And pretty soon they're, they're cold to the things of God. And pretty soon they have no honor or respect for anybody, anything. And so uh, it's, it's, it's difficult. But anyway... Um, 
Because, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to become the kind of church that, you know, just, just gets into the middle of everybody's business. I've, I've been there too and try to tell people not to eat shrimp. And I mean, you know, it, it gets really weird. Which part of the people say, well, I want to live according to Levitical law. Oh, really? Well, the first thing you got to do is hire a contractor to come rip out your kitchen because you can't prepare dairy and meat in the same place. So you're going to have to have two kitchens to, if you're going to really be, you know, orthodox. Besides that, you can't be anyway unless you're born Jewish. You're not Jewish, so quit. Somebody said, well, I'm going to wear a prayer shawl and a yarmulke to pray. Well, next tomorrow, why don't you wear a sombrero and a poncho to see if that helps you. There's nothing holy about that. It repre- in, in fact, it represents something, you know, of the Lord. But now that we have, we, we have put on Christ. Amen. We've put on Christ. And so we don't, we don't wear those garments and those things. We don't have a little box at the front door of the church that you cover your head because we're covered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So those things were only meant to be placeholders until the Messiah came. Well, we believe in Christianity that He is the Messiah and He has come. We're not waiting for the temple to be rebuilt so He can come. He came already. Amen. Hmm. Oh, I gotta shut up. I'm getting in trouble so fast on that. But it's true, nonetheless. He says, uh, uh, let your lifestyle be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. So analyze yourself. Uh, is the life you're living, is it pleasing to the Lord? If the Lord were with you day and night, would he be pleased? You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it says, or whether I come and see you or else be absent. You know, if I'm there or not there, I may hear of your affairs. Oh boy, have I heard of some affairs. That doesn't mean like having an affair with somebody you're not married to, okay? <laughs> but I have heard of, anyway, <laughs> that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind. In other words, focus! Snap out of it! Focus here. <laughs> With one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Hallelujah. So, I'm going to bring up some stuff here. This is why we have order in the house of the Lord. It's not because we're trying to put on the dog or whatever that means. Put in the South, we say, put on ayahs. If you say it soft enough, it sounds really powerful. But that's not, you know, we have order in the church. We have order. We don't just let anybody pop up out of anywhere and take over and say what they want to say. Amen. It's why we have, uh, you know, order concerning music and, and those things. And, uh, even in, even in decorating the building and that kind of thing, you know, we're thinking of how can we best, uh, bring glory to God? I'm getting with Marcus. 
after the service, and we're going to see what we can do to improve the exterior lighting here, and and so that day and night we shine a little bit more. Amen. Well, that could cost more on the power bill. Probably will. Amen. Praise the Lord. We will pay it. Hallelujah. And uh, but we need we need to. Uh, I, that's why I'm always on the landscaper. You know, if he misses the time to to mow the grass. Poor Scarlett has to listen to me gripe from the court from Ann Street all the way in. They didn't cut the grass. I get, I get like out of my mind over it. Why? Well, because you're just pretentious and all you care about is material things. That is not true. I care, number one, about the spiritual things, but I think that all that we do should show honor to the Lord. We, it's not about putting on anything other than showing that God is a good God and that we are blessed in the land of the living. Amen. And that we care about the house of the Lord. We care. You know, when it's, I, I, I'm constantly looking at walls to see, is it time to paint again? Is it time to, to, uh, you know, to, to freshen up? Uh, the carpet in here was worn out in the sanctuary, not so much the rest of the building, but in here it was, I couldn't even tell what color it was. Some days it looked blue and some days it looked red. Some days it looked brown. I didn't know what it was. You know, when they get dirty enough, long enough, they kind of become mud. I don't know. It, it was just, I, I didn't, it didn't bless me. Like our friend Lucy in uh, Montgomery used to say, that lampshade doesn't bring glory to God. The first time I heard her say that, I thought, I never heard anybody say that. You know, we were in the, they're kind of like their green room, you know, and they had some antique lamps and all in the, have you ever seen the uh, lampshade give up the ghost? You know, and so the, the silk on the inside was shredding and hanging down and she turned on that light and it makes it worse when the light's on, you know. She goes, that lampshade doesn't bring glory to God. And you know, that really got in my heart and I thought, you know, everything we have and do should bring glory to God. Amen. And, uh, so anyway, that's why that I'm always after it, you know, with the building and with the landscaping and I'm trying to just be practical here to show you sometimes there's natural things that we can do. I, I did a tent meeting. Boy, well, you have to be careful what you, what you report. Uh, I did a tent meeting somewhere out west. <laughs> You know, any, any, anywhere other than Florida is out west, you know, you know, if you're going west. But, uh, it was way out west and I, uh, not California. But I was doing a, a t- I did tent meetings in California, but I, you know, this was somewhere else. And, and so I did a tent meeting and we, uh, the, the church, there was a church, Word of Faith church, uh, that was sort of sponsoring the meeting and they had a guest house. And then a, a, a large house that had been almost like an estate um, from, from the 20s, a very cool place. And then on that same estate property, they had built a church building. So they were the pastor and his family were living in the big house. And then they had a guest house, and um, my wife and I stayed there. And so, you know, we're doing the tent meeting. And, and we were looking around the property, and I mean, everything was a wreck. The, the 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 grass had turned to seed was about this high, 
And, uh, but it, the property had potential. It could, at one time, it was quite beautiful. And it still could have been. We went in the church building. They had metal folding chairs on, uh, cement and everything was dirty. The chairs were all just willy nilly. There was no aisles. There was just whatever. Um, <laughs> and I was shocked, you know, because you go to Rama, uh, uh, this guy was from Rama. You go to Rama and, you know, everything's manicured and, and, uh, is, is clean and, if something needs to be redone, they redo it and that kind of thing. And so I was just surprised. I thought, well, you know, some folks are just, they don't see it or they're busy or they're what, what their personal habits are. And um, so I was just looking. So one day he said, he asked the fatal question. Brother David, now, you know, you've been in the ministry a long time and everything. If you see anything here we need to do, to, you know, because the business people from town aren't coming to our church. I'm thinking, they're not going to come to your church when you've got wheat. You gotta, you gotta kick the field mouse out of the way to get to the door. Park your car in the mud and, you know, trudge through. I don't know what. And then there's trash. There's empty boxes. I mean, it was terrible. It's like the worst place I've ever seen. It was, I was embarrassed as a minister of, you know, word and faith and that. I was embarrassed. If I had known somebody in that town, they said, you know, a good church, I'd have said, I don't know. Because I don't know, something's wrong with that. It's extreme. Um, so he says to me, is there anything you see around here we think we could do better? And I said, well, actually... <laughs> Since you brought that up, here's what you need to do. I had already codependently thought it through for him. So I said, you need to call up like waste management and have one of those big construction dumpsters put on the property. And then you need to organize the people, have them come one day, everybody bring weed whackers and everything, and clean this property up, paint your sign, Paint your building. If you if you can't put carpet down, paint the floor. Do you know? Clean it up. Put in some lights. You know, make it look like some place that's inviting. He said, "Well, we're going to spend more time praying and fasting." And I'm thinking, "Well, fine. You pray and fast, but that's not going to make up for slop." Amen. Now, y'all know I've been preaching here for what in this church in some form or another, about 10 years or a little longer. I have really never touched on any of this much from the pulpit, but we try to just exemplify it. Amen. And I appreciate our congregation here because you all care about this property. You care about the building and you and you help keep it all going, you know. Amen. But uh, we say, well, we need to emphasize spiritual things. This is kind of spiritual, too. If you read the Old Testament about how God felt about the temple, he told them, bring the gold, bring the silver, put it on, cover the beams with gold and silver. Amen. Well, we haven't taken that offering yet, but I kind of like the wood, mid-century modern. This is great. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Well, I'm happy with it. So, praise the Lord. It's my message. I'm happy with it. 
<laughs> glory to God. Well, we don't want lampshades that don't bring glory to God. <laughs> Amen. And uh, uh, I believe that um, when you honor God with everything, you honor God with the best that we possibly have and can do, I believe that it, uh, it sows a seed for honor to come back in our life. Amen. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. And with that honor comes prosperity, comes favor, comes promotion. Praise the Lord. 